Sunny 16 presents. Welcome to episode 37 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to episode 37, and it's a doozy. I, I, I'm so excited. It's a doozy. I can't even begin to tell you how excited we are about this episode. It's just one of those episodes you go, I can't wait till Jeff is back so we can do an episode because he traveled overseas and he met the mothership this episode i mean this is a this is a watershed episode <laughs> i crossed the pond you really did i it's... met all of the sunny 16ers so exciting. i spent insane amounts of money on an absurd camera <laughs> i mean <laughs> i had so many adventures and I've been away for three weeks, you know, because yep. I was in Atlanta for a week, and that's where I recorded our last one. And then I just kept on flying, baby. Yep. Kept on flying. Non-stop. Non-stop. So why don't we start here? Why don't we start uh, talking about how in our last episode, if everyone was watching... <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, we no. Spent... You're just going right at it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go right at it. So, yes, we'll get to the travel when you landed and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let's get to, I. you've just gotten there to London, and yes. you go to a camera store where you got your Alpa thinking, oh, I'm just going to browse. And if you remember the last episode, we talked about how Jeff does not need anything because he has a Wydalux. You don't need anything else. You got the Wydalux. Jeff, take us to your trip to the camera store. I can't believe we're just starting with the most ridiculous part of the trip. Exactly. Okay, yes. Yeah. I honestly had forgotten about this. Oh, yes. <laughs> that at the end of last week's episode with Chris Chu, I saw an X-Pan on his shelf. Is that how it happened? Or something? Mm. Right. And I begged him to talk me out of wanting one. Yes. And by the way, Chris just posted a video on his YouTube about how the Wide Lux kicks the ass of the X-Pan. And so you don't need it. an X-Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you had no interest in watching oh. that. Okay, so... so <laughs> yeah. So here's what, here's what happened. <laughs> so, oh my God, you guys. Well, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. You're making it sound what? like you were walking down the street and someone physically pushed you into a store and there you were. <laughs> I mean, that's... It's not too far from the truth. Okay. I was see. kidnapped by my id. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's what happened. Okay. okay let, I, I, I don't want to over egg the pudding here. Okay. Here's what happened. Okay. I arrive in London. I check into a hotel. I'm staying this time in Chiswick. In the past, I have stayed in Mayfair, which hmm. is walking distance from a lot of the places I'm about to describe. But I have friends in Chiswick and in Hammersmith. So I decide to stay in the western part of London this time. Very nice. I get in. I'm jet lagged. I take a nap. I wake up the next morning. It's a Tuesday morning. Where do I want to go first? Of course, the first place I want to go is this area around the British Museum that I've talked about. There's an area called Pied Bull Yard. Right. And there's, I think, fewer than there used to be. But when I was first going to London 10, 12 years ago, there were 
a dozen camera shops in this area. Right. And yes, as you said, there is this one particular shop called Camera City that I always go to. Uh, since I have been going to London, I have always stopped in there and said hi to the owner. His name is Panny. And on one particular trip, which was almost exactly 10 years ago, it was October of 2012, I was there to direct the BBC show. I stopped in there and I saw the Alpa 11SI. Yes. I had never seen one in person before. I equivocated about it for three weeks the entire time I was there, and I bought it on the last day of the trip. And as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, there are only 287 of them in existence. It's my favorite camera and my favorite lens. And so this place is always going to be you know, very dear to me. So that is where I decide to go first. Right, but you went, cam- you went the last... Yes. This is important. You went the last day of a trip because... Who would ever go to a camera store your first day of your trip and buy something? Because you just go to the first day of the trip and you look and then you spend the rest of three weeks. Go, you know what? I need that thing. Okay. Yeah, that is what happened last time. Yes. Last time I went through a healthy process <laughs> of thinking and equivocating and researching yes. and equivocating. Yes. And then finally pulled the trigger. Okay. Yes. This time something a little different happened. So I just want to preface this by saying I walk into the shop, which is a small shop. But it is filled with these glass cases full of amazing cameras. And the owner is an excellent guy. He's now brought his son into the business. His son's name is Gio. I stand in there for probably five minutes because the shop is so busy. Right. Which made me so happy. There were three or four other people in there buying cameras. I think somebody bought a Nikon FM. And so I'm just standing in the background being unobtrusive and figuring he'll notice me at some point. <laughs> of course, I cannot possibly be unobtrusive. I'm six foot seven and I have a gleaming bald head. So he waves to me. And when he's done serving everybody else, I walk to the front and then fatefully something catches my eye. My God, in a glass case with its back to the window, I see a Hasselblad X-Pan. Hmm. And what did we talk about in the last episode? (sighs) That I don't need one. Right. That I don't need one. Right. It has the price tag on it. Mm -hmm. And if anything was going to convince me that I don't need one, (laughs) after Chris Chu already convinced me I don't need one. Yeah. And a year and a half of this podcast has been spent with me telling myself I don't need one. Exactly. It would be that price tag. Right. But I make a fateful error. Yes. Fateful error! Mm-hmm. After chatting with Panny a bit, I say, may I look at that Oh, X-Pan? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, let me just hold it up. <laughs> mm. There it is, guys. Uh, okay. Now, here's the thing. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Take well, okay, okay, go wait, ahead. I, go really, ahead I really want to go through this. Go for this. it. Okay. Go. Just he, go. He hands it to you. Okay? Yes. And what are you doing? You're going, oh, this what is do, nice. What? Are you looking for something that's wrong with it? Like, what are you doing? Well, there's immediately a lot to be concerned about. Look at all the paint loss. Okay. Okay. We know this is a known problem right. with the X-Pans. The Fujifilm TX1, which is what it is based on, has a champagne finish, which also wears poorly, mm-hmm. but not this poorly. Right. Okay. So I'm noticing the paint chips, but for some reason, in my jet lag state, they seem charming. <laughs> okay. 
Our listeners really understand. Go ahead. Our listeners really understand how insane this is, because you know you're the one that if there's something inside the camera, and you know that it's inside the camera, you go crazy. Now you're finding the paint chips charming. Yeah. Hmm. And so the other thing I hadn't accounted for because I've never handled one of these before. Right. It it just is very nice in the hand and. I squeeze off a couple of shots with this thing and the shutter release is sexy. It's obviously, it's got a built-in motor drive. The viewfinder is beautiful. And when you look through that viewfinder and you see that panoramic frame. (laughs) Yes. It just tugged at me. Right. I mean, I was helpless to resist. Didn't it really tug at your wallet? It it was about to. It tugged. It wrapped itself around my heart like a boa constrictor. Okay, but yes. I wasn't going to get it. But no. then you know what? I I I talked to the owner, mm-hmm. and he has this smile on his face. And yeah, he, I would too. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm about to make his year, and he says, "Here's what I'll do for you." Oh boy! And he knocks a huge percentage off the price. Mm-hmm. And he starts pulling things off the shelves to give me. Yes. In addition to the camera, he gives me a couple of rolls of film. He gives me a strap. He gives me a Minox binocular attachment that apparently has been sitting in the glass case for a while because who wants a Minox and definitely who wants a binocular attachment? <laughs> right. But he gives me that. And in the box is also a Minox flash attachment. So he's just shoveling things on willy nilly. Right. I do some mental math. At the time I was there, the dollar was very strong against the pound. And I am also thinking, okay, don't arrest me, anybody. No sales tax. Yes, this is true. So I'm factoring this all in. And I know what these things go for on eBay. Guys, I mean, $10,000? I mean, the the prices of things are insane. So the price that he is quoting me starts to look fairly reasonable by comparison. But I'll just tell you something else, guys. I've had a rough few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all your, I get it. Yep. I had a rough few weeks and I'm in England. I'm at the shop where I found the Alpa. This man is so lovely. He's always been so kind. Uh, this camera is in my hand. Yes, I could go shopping for an, but it just felt faded. And so I handed over my credit <laughs> and I walked out of there with the camera and I took a picture which is on the first thing I did was text that picture to Gabe Sachs <laughs> and then the second thing I did was put it on our Instagram so and I good. only had to say two words guess what <laughs> look it's a beauty I'm telling you <sighs> it is uh it is a beauty and uh I will confirm that you got a very very good deal and that was the time to buy it if you were going to buy one I mean, the absurd thing about this is, in our last episode, I spent... I mean, there's many things that are absurd about this. We've yeah. already talked about a number of them. Yes. The thing is, I spent a lot of time thinking about what cameras to bring to England, right? right? Totally I'm going on a true. trip to England and Wales. What am I going to bring? Ba-ba. And I end up bringing the Roly 35 SE and the Minox LX. Well, I didn't touch the Roly 35 <laughs> for the rest of the trip. Yeah. I took this thing with me everywhere. And I got to tell you what was also in my mind in making this absurd decision is I'm going to Somerset. Right. I'm going to Wales. I'm going to Liverpool. There are going to be landscapes galore. And you know what else, guys? 
you know that my principal photographic interest is in landscapes and architectural and like this is I just had this revelation of like, this is my favorite kind of photography, and here is a tool that is ideally suited to that type of photography. Am I making any sense at all? You totally are. You are justifying why you bought the camera, and you know what? You've proven yourself. I think that, uh, mm. I think it was, a, it was a good purchase, and you love it, and you use it. So that's the best part yeah. of the whole thing. It's like, yeah, if you I'm, get it, I'm gonna talk, it's not, yeah. not going to sit I, on the I, shelf. I, I'm going to talk about the results in a minute. Right. I will also mention just, we'll get to the rest of the trip, but I will tell you, every person into whose hands I put this camera had exactly the same reaction that I did. Claire Marie Bailey, I think, might end up buying one of these guys. Oh, my goodness. Because she, every time she she took a picture with it, every time she tripped the shutter, she went, ah. <laughs> I mean... I was having dinner the other night. After I got back, I went to a friend's birthday party, and there was a director of some note sitting to my left. I had brought the camera with me. He said, what's that? I showed it to him. He looked through the viewfinder. He said, oh, look, I can get a two-shot. I see. (laughs) I mean, everyone who looks through that finder has a reaction. Everyone who trips the shutter has a reaction. It is for as long as this camera and I are together, and I am aware as I've said in the context of other cameras on this podcast, that our time together may be short, but I am going to completely live it up for as long as we have. I love it. Me and this electronic marvel. Oh, my God. Even in telling the story, I hear how stupid I sound. No, you know what? I think it's a good one. And when you talk about the quality and all that stuff, I think people will understand. But talk about the adventure. I mean... You get there, and and let's talk about meeting our team. Meeting the team. Well, I gave everyone a heads up. This trip was planned rather impulsively. I mean, the fact is, I was in Atlanta, and I thought, you know what? I've been talking about a trip to Europe. I could knock three hours off the trip to London by just flying from Atlanta. And at first, I didn't even book a return flight. (laughs) <laughs> right. But I thought but I thought I'll see I have friends in London and obviously I have the Sunny 16 quartet that I've never met. Yep. So I send them all DMs on Instagram and I tell them I'm coming and they are so gracious. So the first that I sit down with is Aid, okay? The Godfather himself. And what he says is, "Hey, meet me at the Camera Museum, which is in central London." And they have a bar there now, in addition to having a coffee shop. That's the best thing ever. And we'll have a pint, and maybe we'll go for a walk and take some pictures. I should mention that I happened to plan this trip during the hottest moment in the history of Her Majesty's United Kingdom. People were freaking out. Totally. Because on Monday and Tuesday, the temperature topped 105. Oh, boy. Anyway, I meet Aid the very evening that I have purchased this absurd camera. And so I get to do a debrief with him. And we sit down outside the camera museum and we <laughs> we never go in. <laughs> we sit out front with a couple of Peronis and we talk for a couple hours. We never get to the photo walk and we never go indoors because it's too damn hot in there. Oh my gosh. But, oh my God, aid is just salt of the earth. I love this guy so much. And he gave me a copy of his new zine, which love is called that. Smithereens. I saw it. And I thought guys, it was great. Gorgeous photography. He talked to me about the process yeah. of putting that zine together. He is just such a good soul and lives not far outside of uh, the city of London, 
with his family and we just had an amazing time and in terms of like a way to kick off the trip it could not have been better he's an amazing guy i just loved him i loved him what a good soul so i took a little picture of us in front of the (laughs) in front of the camera museum that we never actually entered so good So then ensued a couple of days in London. Right. Really nice. Saw some of my friends. Two of my friends have a 15th century farmhouse in Somerset. As people do. So they picked me up. Yes. As people do. Mm -hmm. And we drove out to Somerset and I spent the weekend with them. They have friends who have a 15th century farmhouse in Dorset. I guess this is what all the cool kids are doing in the UK. So, of course... I am putting the X-Pan through its paces with all of these gorgeous landscapes while I'm on this part of the trip. And it was just wonderful. And my friends were so gracious and I had amazing food and uh, the weather cooled down a bit. And I actually had to buy T-shirts in a shop in London because I had brought sweaters and a leather jacket (laughs) and all my clothes were wrong. But anyway, I had a very nice first week of the trip. And also, wait, wait, wait. Yes. And you were were working it out because... You don't know if the camera works or not. That's right. It's like it could make all the beautiful noises we all love, but we don't know if it works. So, yes, you're working it, working it, working it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm I'm getting to know the camera. I'm shooting with it. And I'm also, I got in the back of my mind, look, if this thing seizes up, I could take it back while I'm still here. But anyway, took a lot of pictures, ran roll after roll through this. I actually, during my time in London, stopped at the photographer's gallery, which is an amazing photography gallery i think it's four or five stories and on the ground floor actually in the basement is a shop that has photo books and cameras and a wall of film like you've never seen before i have never seen a selection of films like they had at this shop i mean film washi and santa and double and revelog and agent shadow and all the exotic films that we see here yeah yeah, and, but what did I end up buying? I bought three rolls of Portra 400. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that part of the trip was great. And that was mostly, other than aid, that was spent seeing longtime friends that I haven't seen in like four years. That was the last time that I was, was there. That was great. Monday morning. Yes. Train to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I get on the train in Taunton, and I take the train all the way to Liverpool, and I've never been to Liverpool. Now we're into the part of the trip where I've never been before. Right. I get off the train in Liverpool. I check into my hotel. Wow, Liverpool is an amazing city, guys. I mean, we know it for the music, okay? We know that one of the greatest bands in music history came from there. The Teardrop Explodes. Right, of course. Okay? We're all huge fans (laughs) of Julian Cope. We know that also another incredible band came from Liverpool, Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, so obviously when you're there you're drenched in the history of the teardrops and the echoes and everywhere you go there are paintings of them and there are tours you can take you know see julian's flat see ian mcculloch's (laughs) chip shop i did a lot of that but the first night i met rachel yes the divine rachel rachel brewster wright came into town she lives in a suburb of liverpool She came into town and met me for dinner, took me to this amazing Indian restaurant. I'm not going to talk a lot about food in this narrative, but this was a place called Mowgli, and it is this incredible Indian restaurant. There are now several locations. English listeners will know what I'm talking about. This chef, I believe her name is, let me get it right. The chef's name is Nisha Katona. She is a genius 
at kind of this reconfigured Indian street food, and it was right. amazing. And also, Rachel and I had smoked cardamom old fashions to kick wow. off the meal and close out the meal. Talked to Rachel for two hours. She is the dearest, sweetest, smartest, most generous spirit. Oh my God, we had such a good time. So that was night one in Liverpool. Right. Should I keep going? Yeah. Shall I keep going? Of Any course. questions this so is far? So good. No, I'm excited. This is awesome. Okay. Next morning, Rachel has invited me to meet her at her darkroom setup. Wow. Okay. So in this kind of emergent dockside development called Northern Lights, the ground floor is like a coffee shop, and then up the stairs are all these little rooms where artists have their studios so rachel has her studio which has a small dark room in it her whole setup and then next door is a woman who's a macrame artist and the next door to her is a costume designer and so i got to meet some of like rachel's artsy compatriots okay yes but of course the coolest part of this was rachel helping me develop my first role through the x-fan so exciting now she has a little teeny tiny teeny tiny dark room there. <laughs> it's a little zipper bag that you basically walk into. I mean, this thing was about maybe four feet by four feet and about six and a half feet tall, which is Love about it. the same dimensions as me. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but there's Rachel has two enlargers in there, and also. She has her, of course, her changing bag and all of it. And Rachel has this laid out in such an ergonomically smart way. So she helped me develop the roll of film, which I did not in a lab box, but in an actual tank. And then having done that, we did a very quick contact sheet. And we picked out this one image that looked really good on the contact sheet, which was just a snapshot that I had done of the interior of Liverpool's Lime Street station, the train station. Love it. Which has... Like a lot of these English train stations has this incredible glass roof that's domed with all these crisscrossing beams and the track is kind of curving off in a distance. That'll be a good one to print. Right. So Rachel, I haven't done this since I was 14 years old, but she walks me through the process of making a test print to get the exposure right. I love this. And then we make two prints together. Look how pretty. Beautiful. I mean, really. I mean, you forget Look at how the shadows. Yeah, a silver print is. And so we, Rachel liked it so much, we made a second one because she wanted one for herself. And when I wasn't looking, by the way, she wrote on the back of it. She said, Jeff, you're the best. It was a pleasure to print with you, Rachel Brewster. Oh, Wright. that's awesome. What a sweetheart. A real so photography a experience. A real photography experience right there. I just want to say to anybody who's in the area, Okay, Rachel is such a good teacher. Like, yep. uh, I, again, it's been years and years and years since I've done this, but she was so patient. Her setup is so smart. She knows her stuff. I just cannot recommend this highly enough. If you want, like, you know, an induction into the world of developing and printing, you could not have a better teacher than Rachel. She was amazing. So, after we rounded out our day of work in the dark room, she invited me to go with her while she picked up her baby daughter, Constance, from daycare. So I got to meet the divine Constance. And then we went back to Rachel's flat that she shares with her husband, Adam, uh, who I think was a little 
taken aback to see this gigantic sweaty creature lurch into his foyer. <laughs> but before long, we were sitting on the back patio of their flat. And after they put Constance to bed, we sat for about five hours. Wow. <laughs> drinking cider and talking late into the night. Adam is such a sweetheart. My God, these two bright, artistic, just genuine, open-hearted individuals. I cannot express how grateful I am for like the great time they showed me while I was there. That was Liverpool. That's amazing. Unbelievable. And then where do you go next after Liverpool? The next stop, okay, I go back to Liverpool Station. Yes. I get on a train. My ultimate destination is the island of Anglesey and the town of Hollyhead. Of course. Okay, (laughs) in Wales. Did you make up those names? I know, it sounds like I made it yeah. up. You ever been to Wales, Gabe? Yes, a long time ago. What not part of ho- Wales? Not Hollyhead. Not Hollyhead? Not okay. the Isles. So the divine Claire Marie Bailey, yep. whose work we love so very much, had said, come, I'll show you around. I'll pick you up at the train station. I'll, I'll move work around so I can get a couple of days off. <laughs> Claire was so generous with her time. And I mean... She picked me up, and for the next two days, I think we spent virtually every minute together (laughs) talking. She showed me Anglesey's amazing. I mean, those of you who know Claire's photography know that. You know, a lot of her self-portraits are taken in hotel rooms with production design and all the great costume and wardrobe that she does, uh, makeup and all the things she does. But she also takes these pictures, which are these environmental portraits that she takes all over. Anglesey and by extension all over Wales and she knows all the most beautiful spots she also just made a short film to accompany the release of Gweno's new album Trezor which was just shortlisted for the Mercury Prize she did the cover art for this album and so she took me to all of her favorite spots oh, so great sandy beaches it, which reminded me a little bit of like Cape Cod right but also burial chambers Druidic stone circles, standing stones. I mean, all over Anglesean environs. It was so beautiful. And here's, by the way, where the leather jacket and the sweaters came in handy because all of a sudden it was like 58 degrees instead of 106. (laughs) Right. We had great food, more great Indian food. We had such a great time. She was such an incredible host. She's such a sweet soul. And I feel like I got a little sense of like, how Claire became Claire. Oh, that's like cool. Like growing up in a place like this. Right. Of such extraordinary beauty and magic. Like there is something a little bit, you know, Tolkien-esque about this landscape. Wow. And so once again, I was so grateful to have that X-Pan in my hands, baby, because, oh my God, I just sent these seven rolls that I shot off to the darkroom. I cannot wait oh, to that's see what exciting. I got. One of the wonderful side trips we took was to Port Marion. You ever been there? No. American listeners will probably say Port Marion. You mean like the China? (laughs) Port Marion is the whimsical Italianate village that was built in the 1950s by an eccentric architect. And it was the primary setting for the cult British uh, drama, The Prisoner from the 1970s, starring Patrick McGowan, which is an amazing show. right? And it positions the town of Port Marion, strange as it is, as an exotic sort of prison colony. And so 
I watched this show when I was a teenager to actually be on what effectively is the set right. of The Prisoner was amazing. So beautiful. I mean, so strange. Pretty amazing. And yeah, it was incredible. So that was a particular highlight. But anyway, Claire's incredible. So I made another great new friend. And uh, I really hope, you know, Claire has been talking for some time about making a trip to California. Oh, she has because to. Because she loves Zabriskie Point. And of course, I mean, I think one of her lifelong dreams is to do one of her self-portrait sessions at the Chateau Marmont, which she should absolutely oh, do. Yeah. But we took a whole lot of pictures. She fell in love with the X-Pan. She also, by the way, got kind of hooked on the Minox. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, I showed her the Minox LX, and she got very into that. I think particularly because of the Super 8-sized negative, because, of course, as a filmmaker, Claire has made several Super 8 films, and I think she likes the crunchiness that you get from that tiny, tiny little negative. So that was incredible. And what happens next? I mean, do you know... Could there be more? Do we have... You know, aren't we at the point where in the Passover ceremony where we're saying (laughs) Dayenu? Yes, I think we are. Okay. Dayenu in Hebrew means it would have been enough. (laughs) This would have been enough. But no, no. There was one more adventure still to come. Hmm. So... Took the train back from Hollyhead to London. And this is actually the part, the Sunny 16er, who was kind of the hardest to pin down, <laughs> was the great Graham. Yes. Because he lives in Oxford, which is some distance from London. It's at least an hour on the train. And so lining up my schedule with Graham's schedule, and poor Graham was working outside a lot of the week, so he had probably sweated off about 40 pounds. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> making it line up. But we eventually did. I took the train in, checked into my hotel. Next morning, met Graham at Marlebone Station, and we walked to Regent's Park, hit the Cameras London stand at Portobello Road, and we spent a couple hours talking. And, oh, my God. I just want to say to you guys who are fans of Sunny 16, who know that, like, Graham to me is, like, he's the heart and soul of that show. He's the heart and soul of that group. And... He is such a sweetheart. I mean, I think he accentuates the sort of (laughs) scampish aspects of his nature for the show, but he is such a good soul. And I just, again, I just felt like I made a really good friend. Uh, We talked for a long time. We sat out by this beautiful lake in Regent's Park and walked and talked, and it was just incredible. And in terms of like ways to round out an absolutely beautiful trip, it was the perfect cap on the journey so wow my god um amazing i mean i don't even know what to say it was as i said i had a rough couple of weeks before this trip it was the perfect antidote to all that it was a reminder that travel and photography to me are inextricably linked that it gets me out of myself it gets me meeting people it gets me out in the world and having adventures and I've always felt that these were our siblings across the pond, and now I feel that even yes. more deeply. Um, I can't express enough my gratitude to them for showing me such an incredible time. What a great adventure. It was incredible. My goodness. Everyone made fun of nonstop. me. Yeah, everyone made fun of me for buying an X-Pan. All four yes, of them of did, and deservedly so. It was a miracle. I mean, I don't know where we go from here, Gabe. <laughs> I mean... 
it's it's so great. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, now let's talk a little bit about the camp. You bought film at that at two places or one place? Just one place. Just well, yeah. I mean, and you, I mean, the guy at Camera City, Panny, threw in a roll of foma pan, and I think he threw in a roll of something else. I don't remember, but right. I right. had brought, I think, four or five extra rolls of 35 millimeter. Obviously, that wasn't going to be enough because the X pan eats film at twice the rate of a normal camera. Right. So I bought three more rolls of Portra. At the so camp. how many pictures are you getting out of a roll of a of your X pan? On a 36 exposure roll, you get 21 shots. Okay, great. Because it's a 24 by 65 millimeter image. Got it. Um, I want to say one other thing about the X-Pan. You know, now that I've had it for a week or two, obviously all anyone talks about when they talk about the X-Pan is they say it feels really good in the hand, that frame is really nice, uh, you know, the electronics are going to die, so you'll have a $6,000 paperweight. They say all these things. Here's the thing that they never talk about that I gotta mention because I've read a lot of reviews of the X-Pan and I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about the X-Pan and no right. one seems to talk about this. The lens. The lens. It is a 45 millimeter F4. I just don't think I was prepared for what an extraordinary lens this is. Now, I talked to I think, who was I speaking to about this? Gosh, was it aid maybe? Somebody was saying to me that this lens is an adaptation of a Hasselblad medium format lens. So it's an extremely advanced optical design. And I just think, look, I'm always going to love the wide lux. And the shots that I get out of the wide lux are great. But that is a teeny little piece of glass. And it's a 28 millimeter that swivels. I was not prepared for the sharpness and the roundness and the just the, the yumminess of the images I get out of this lens. So it's like, remember, a camera's nothing but a box with a, with a great piece of glass on right. the front. And the better the piece of glass, the better. That lens, I don't care if I never have another lens for this. There's a 30 and a 90, which are, oh my God, talk about more than my car. The 30 goes for $5,000 just for that piece of glass or something. It's insane. Right. Yeah. But if I only am stuck with this one lens, it's exquisite. And it has to be. Because it needs to render all the way across a 65 millimeter frame, right? Right. So it has to be a lens that can shoot effectively a large format image sharp across the whole breadth of it. And I just don't think anyone talks about that enough when talking about why you might want an X-Pan. How about that? That's really interesting. I mean, I just don't know the camera and I'm so excited to try it. You know, I just, I'm excited to uh, bring my wide locks out and uh, us shooting around. That'll be very fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, you don't get that groovy barrel distortion that you do with the wide locks. Right. And you don't get the serendipity that you do with the wide locks either. Because, you know, I don't even look through the viewfinder when right. shooting through my wide locks. I keep an eye on the bubble level. You know what I did was I happened to have a bubble level, which I stuck in the hot shoe with this. Nice. So I can do the nice. same thing. But looking through the viewfinder of the X-Pan is meaningful. It gives you, it's, right. it's parallax corrected, I believe, and it gives you a pretty good idea of what you're going to be shooting. So, listen, I fall in love with cameras and I shoot them like crazy. I feel like something between the X-Pan and the Wide Lux, I think I've discovered something about how the type of subject matter that interests me 
oh, is yeah, amplified definitely. by this widescreen image. You know, the shooting with the wide lux and now shooting with the X-Band. Totally smart. Has yep. unlocked something. And I realize this is maybe the way forward with for me. Like, yep. you know, right now as we speak, I'm scanning up my second roll through the X-Band. I cannot wait to see some of these color rolls. But uh, I'm learning about how much I enjoy composing in that cinematographic frame. That makes all the difference. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. You know, because I was was bringing up the film because it appears, and we're hearing from listeners too, and I'm experiencing it too. Where's this film going? Like, just try to get, go try to find some Portrait 400. Yeah. And try to find some Kodak, you know, 200. I can't figure this out. I just, I just, I can't. I ordered a bunch from, you know, Adorama and and B and H and nothing. There's there. Everything says on back order. Unless they came in today, I doubt it. Yeah, it but seems like. Not. I mean, is this just supply chain issues? Is it just the reverberations of supply chain issues that we've seen in other businesses? You know, I don't know. Finally hitting film. I don't know, but. We have mentioned before on this podcast, I really worry that at a time when so many young people are getting into film photography, if it's 20 bucks a roll, it is just going to be prohibitively expensive for people to get the satisfaction of shooting with the looseness that you need. Right. You know, if you get overly right. precious about every shot, it kind of defeats the purpose in a way. You, When you're getting yeah. to know a camera, you need to feel free to experiment. And so... I hope that this loosens up. You know, I mean, I follow our friends Cam Photo in Burbank, and today they posted right. that they got a couple of bricks of Portra 160 in and a couple of bricks of Portra 800. So it is getting through. You know, I was surprised to see Portra 400 on the shelves at the Photographer's Gallery because I've been told no one could put their hands on Portra. And I said to them... Well, I 120, s- they're finding 120s yeah. around, but that's coming in and out, but it's the 35 that's a tough one. So go on. I believe that these this is just a kink in the supply chain and hopefully this is going to loosen up. I'm a little more worried about the prices persisting at these high levels. I think the yep. supply is going to be there, but I'm worried that it used to be 5 bucks a roll was the norm and now all of a sudden 15 bucks a roll is the norm. Well, and and 120 is $65 what? for a 5 what? pack. What? Yep. Seriously? 5 pack a porch Portrait 400 <sighs> is 65.95. Wow. That's harsh. I mean, that's And that's and then at B&H it's 65.95. Gee, 125 whiz. back. I mean, and then Kodak 200, you can't Let's see what Color we get. Plus, you mean? I haven't seen Color Plus anywhere lately. Kodak Professional Gold 200 color negative film is 44.95 for a 5 pack and that the, the 120s in stock, but Huh. You can't you can't get thirty five millimeter. Jeez, you can't get thirty five millimeter anywhere. It's crazy. Are you now? We're talking specifically. Is you're talking about color stocks, right? Or black and white? Yeah, stock? Kodak Gold two hundred. Yeah. Black and white. I think you're fine. Yeah. Are you guys finding the same thing? I'm curious out there in listener land. Are you also finding wherever you are there are limited supplies of the color films you like, and that the prices are soaring? We're really curious. Right. It's totally true. Yeah. All right. So listen, I want to throw it back to you for a beat. How have your weeks been? I was away for three weeks. How did you live? Wait, I got to say one thing before I do this. Guys, Gabe Sachs picked me up at the airport. Of course. Wouldn't think twice about it. (laughs) Lest you doubt, 
that the man on the screen opposite me is a modern saint. I had uh, been flying. Happy to do it. You would have had to take a shuttle, and I would, the shuttle would have yeah. been a mess. LAX is an unholy nightmare right now. Gabe picked me up at the airport, drove me home. Oh. What an amazing guy. Thank you. Okay. Now I throw it to you. How was your my time pleasure. without my me? Pleasure. How was your time without me? How what, my, what's it's 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 always sad without <laughs> you. I had to I had to go to restaurants by myself. No. And uh, but it's totally fine. Um, you know, I started going through cameras and I started going, oh my gosh, there's so many that I want to use that I decided that I'm gonna have an on deck circle in my home office. Oh so okay. I am uh I have an area that I am going to put cameras that I want to use that week. And I'm very excited about that because I've gone through all these cameras going, I want to use this. I want to use this. And and I sort of, the one thing that was a problem while you were gone is I somehow, I couldn't stop buying photography books. Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. What'd you get? What did you buy? Oh, it, we'll, we'll have to have a part <laughs> okay. of the show on this. I mean, this is not like, oh, I bought this one and this one. You know, I bought the I bought a bunch of fashion. Let's uh, okay. I'll, I'll group them together. A bunch of fashion books from the, you know, a fashion of the forties and fifties. Oh, so there is just some beautiful, beautiful work from Dior and all these great. I think you, know, you posted fashion the cover of one of these on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. It's it's so I have a bunch of those and and sort of went <laughs> went through that phase because it was a little safer than buying another camera yeah and then you know going through cameras that work cameras that don't work and then deciding what i'm going to part with truly part with and i just can't you know because i look at the prices i know what i paid for these cameras so then i look at them and go what are they going for yeah it's a little crazy we had a little discussion that i would love to sort of reprise for a beat and i think it was triggered by the fact that i will never buy another camera again yes i can never buy another camera again. I probably right. cannot buy food or pay for shelter ever again because I bought an X-Band. But totally fine. For whatever reason, I was thinking about the core cameras in your collection and that right. if you had to whittle it down to, let's say, 10, and that still is a substantial collection, okay? Right, right. What would those 10 be? And I started kind of doing a thought experiment. We talked this right. out a little bit. Like, if you had right. to do it, you know... For right. the combination of like shooting, collectability, aesthetic satisfaction, what would right. those 10 be? Could you do it, first of all? Gabe, could okay. you do it? So, okay, so those 25 would be. I ah! uh, would. Uh, you did say twenty five, oh right? Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, you didn't say you didn't say twenty. Okay, oh, then man. okay, you said you said ten. okay. Those thirty, the thirty that I'm gonna oh, keep. Oh my no. god! Okay, so the ten. Okay, so if I have to. 10. I'm going to try off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, let's see okay, what ready? happens. I, I think I know what the first three or four are going to be. It's it's five through okay, 10. Okay, no, I'm, I'm going to go backwards. I'm okay, going to go, go through for the it. whole thing. Okay, the Pentax 6.7, which you got me, which I love. Okay. The Hasselblad 501CM. Okay. Okay. The Leica M6 Classic. Oh. Okay. The Leica M4 Black Paint. Okay. The Rolleiflex 2.8. Okay. The okay. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna, now. I'm getting. I think nervous. you've named six so far. The, Am I right about? That? No, five. Oh, five. Five. Okay. five. <laughs> I got. I have fifteen. I have fifteen left. <sighs> okay. No, five. Okay. The Nikon FM3A. Yeah. 
the Olympus OM1. <gasps> I'm so excited to hear oh, that definitely. on the list. Oh, wow. the, uh, the the contacts oh. 645AF. Okay. The RZ67. And now we have the last You one, have not which named is, a Polaroid. I have not named a Polaroid. You have not named a half frame camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, take all those away. Um You didn't include your I, wide lux. I think that I think that the last one would be one of the point and shoots. It's either the Konica Hexar AF. This is if I'm forced to like, yeah. you know, this is it. You can't do anything. Okay, um, so no large format cameras in the mix either, right? No speed graphic. Yeah, because they scare me. Yeah, okay, they scare go on, me yes. too. Okay, go on, 10. Okay, that was amazing, by the way. It was very interesting to see <laughs> that. Okay, obviously I knew that the... I knew the M6. I didn't know which M6 was going to be on that list. Yep. I knew that that black M4 was going to be on the list, and I knew that your Rolly was going to be on that list. Right, right. I was delighted to see the OM1 on that list because I feel like I bullied you into getting that yes. camera. Yes, I love it. I love okay. it. Okay, if I had to do 10, okay, this is this is equally off the top of my head because we got a little ways into this conversation, and then I don't remember how it shook out. <laughs> Obviously, the X-Pan has to be on that list. Obviously, yep. the Alpa has to be on that list. Okay. Then I have a few cameras that are sentimental that I cannot get rid of. Okay. I got the Minox C that belonged to my dad, the Olympus 35RC, and the Canon EF, which were my first camera, and uh, yuck, the Voigtlander uh, Vito 2A, right. which also was my dad. So I'm at six already. So I'm in trouble already. I got to mm -hmm. have an SX70. And I yes. got to have the Polaroid 195. Now I'm at eight. Who boy. I guess that I would choose. I'm sure I could give up my. Okay, wa watch this. I could give up my Pentax 6.7. And I could give up my Roly 3.5e. Wow. Much as that pains me. I could give that right. up. And I think I could give up the Wide Lux. That's hard, but I think I could do that. No, now you have the X-Pan, of course. Yes. Um, I think I could give up all the other Minoxes. I think that right. I would need to keep one half-frame camera. And this is going to sound really weird because the Pen F is so amazing. But I think if right. I was going to choose one half-frame, it would be that black Pen W because it's so rare and precious. So now oh, I'm at nine. Now I'm at okay. nine. What's the 10th camera? Is it a Pentax ME Super? Is it a, let me think what else is on this. I did choose a peel apart Polaroid and a integral Polaroid. So I'm set there. Is it, it's not a 110 camera. I don't need that. Is it the Rectiflex? I could do without that. Is it, right. is it any of my compact Nikons? There is one that I got from a friend that belonged to her late father. I'm going to asterisk that. The truth is I okay. can't give that away because she gave it to no. me and entrusted it to me. So I can't get rid of that. I don't know what number 10 is. I don't know. Maybe the Pentax MF half frame that, that our friend, the camera repairman, modified. In, interesting. I like Maybe that. Maybe that's number 10. I, I would also uh, put it out there to the listeners. What do you think Jeff's 10th camera choice yeah, should be? Yeah, that's tough. That mm -hmm. is tough. I'm sure that I'm... Le I mean, remember, I just left an OM-1 on the shelf. Uh, you know what? Right. Wait, I just screwed up. It's got to be an FM3A. I got to keep an FM3A. Yeah. yeah. It's got to it. be that. So somewhere in there, I got to do some horse trading.
because that's that's <laughs> too many cameras. But right. that that is tough. Oh boy, it is tough. But I mean, I could do it. That was the thing that was interesting. I, I'm giving up. By the way, I'm giving up my Leica M3. I'm giving up my Leica CL. Did I did I choose the M6 TTL? I could do without it, guys. Oh. This will shock and dismay you. I could do without all the Leicas. How about that? Bold. Wow. How about that? Wow. I could because, you know, I look at you and all the beautiful work you've done with your Leica. And so, of course, that is on the list. Of course, that's on the list because you've shot some of the most important photographs to you and some of the most beautiful photographs with it. My M6, eh, I, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I've shot more great photographs with my CL than I have with my M6. So I could let those go sooner than I could let go of a Vito 2A that I never shoot with because I'm a sentimental boy. That's wow. Wow. Well, look, that's really interesting because, yeah, and I was thinking about that today. So I had lunch with my friend Cristo Fernandez. And for those people who watch Ted Lasso, ah. he is football is life. Ah, yes. That is what Danny does. Anyway. So Christo's going back to London. That's where they shoot the show. And we had lunch and we're, you know, we talked about everything. But, you know, I had my M6 with me. And I realized, I just go, what would I do without? Yeah, And I think less with that M6 than I do with the M10. The M10, I'm so worried about what the image is because I keep looking at the back. And this one, I just take pictures. Yeah. You know, the M6, I just, you know, and I, it's really like that with the most film cameras for me. Yeah. It's um, less of a process. And that's why, you know, when I brought my M10 into Leica and they just switched it. So I only saw black and white. Yes. Yeah. So I would keep going, you know, going, what is wrong with this picture? Anyway, so I but just love it. I mean, it's I that just love fluidity. it. I it the See, time. the thing is, you yeah. have the same relationship with that camera that I do with the Alpa. Which is really yes. weird because the Alpa is a strange and slow handling camera. But I just find that I am confident with that camera over my shoulder. And I just, I know that lens so well. I know the feel of that camera. I find the sound of the shutter release so satisfying. It sounds like firing a weapon. <laughs> it's so thrilling. And I got to tell you, yeah. that confidence is really, really important. And yeah. I am seeing that even if I do shoots I, I did a few shoots while you were gone and i just feel like when i am using that camera that i'm confident with i just feel like just even directing someone or just you know observing and shooting someone it's so much easier and i'm not wasting time thinking of the technical yeah which is what we should all be doing is just really you know shooting and it should be second nature and i think that that's something like really important especially in film photography is that you're not overthinking and you're just sort of get capturing that moment and not yeah frustrated it's because that, you didn't it's do that this thing or that. that you know it's it is it is interesting to think that now at this point I have had that Alpa for 10 years it was really something to go realize oh wow that's been my primary and most beloved camera I've had for 10 years now. And I think right. I mentioned this on the show, but shortly after I got it, when I was still kind of getting in harmony with it, and it had this occasional light leak, and I was tempted to send it in for a full repair. And my friend who right. is a musician, who has a lot of beloved guitars, said, never, ever get that camera fixed. 
<laughs> Never get it I, fixed. Look, we've talked about yeah. this before. Yeah. Frank Ockenfels and, yeah. you know, shaking a lens and going, yeah, it's broken. And he gets the most yeah. beautiful imagery out of these cameras. Yeah. And that yep. bond, like when you develop that bond with a particular machine, it's priceless. And it does not matter whether that camera costs you five fifty dollars or $5,000, okay? Yep. When that bond occurs, it's what I saw happening with the Wide Lux. It's what I feel happening with this X-Pan too. When you feel that kind of emergent sense of fluidity and frictionlessness with a tool, you know? Right. It's what musicians feel with their guitar or, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your ax is, you know, some people feel that way about writing instruments, you know, like what oh, particular pens, pens and, and people are crazy and for pencils pens and or, yeah, typewriters, typewriters, and, yeah. of course, <laughs> like when you start to feel that, I'm sure people who are car nuts feel that, you know, race car drivers feel that with a particular machine, you know, when right. you feel that it is really to be treasured and nourished and enlarged upon because then the work kind of moves to the center of the frame as opposed to the machine, you know, right. And it's worth like it's worth paying attention to and taking seriously. And I think it's one of the reasons why we two schmucks keep acquiring cameras <laughs> in search of that beautiful alignment that happens sometimes. Right. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Gabe, look where we are. What happened? You know what we're not doing? You know what we're not doing today? A prodigious mailbag? Exactly. And I'm going to miss the music cue. I mean, Maybe I'm a- we just do the music cue for no reason. Should we do the music cue? <laughs> You know what we're not doing this week? Our prodigious mailbag. So here's what we're going to do. I just want to tell, yes. we have 27 emails in the queue. And that is a comedy right. number, but actually it's true. 27 <laughs> right. emails. So I want to say to all the people who have written in, we love you. And we encourage we you do. to continue writing to us, idreamofcameras at gmail.com. I believe our next episode up will be... The mailbag. And we'll just knock them all off and we'll give you guys the time and attention you deserve because there is some beautifully crafted prose in the mailbag that deserves (laughs) not to just be skated over, okay? It's just true. We actually got some really long, well-thought-out emails. I mean, one guy is blogging at us. Right. (laughs) I mean, he's blogging at us. I don't understand why he's not blogging to the world, but he has decided to send us updates. And so we will honor that in the next episode. It's nice. You know, I got to say, we've done like five in a row with interviews and other stuff, and it is nice to spend an hour talking to you. Yes, this is great. This is a lot of fun. So thank you. Oh, my God. I just have so many people to thank. Okay. Graham, Claire, Aid, Rachel. Adam, Constance. <laughs> I just Panny. want to thank. What's that? Panny. Panny. Oh, oh my God! I I posted an ode to Panny on our Instagram. Yes. I encourage you guys to read it, and I encourage you Londoners to go to Camera City and tell them Jeff and Gabe sent you. Oh, definitely. Um, thank you to all of my hosts and to all the Sunny Sixteen folks who spent such a you know who upended their schedule to spend time with me. I just couldn't be more grateful, you know? It's making new friendships like this is just, it's the treasure of treasures. And uh, I just couldn't be more grateful. So thanks to everybody. We are going to try to come as a duo at some point, man. Yes, we will do it. We're going to find a time in our schedules to come over as a team and really menace you guys. 
Oh, yes. But we're hoping that we can return the favor and host them in Los Angeles sometime soon. That would be so much fun. Who else do we have to thank? We have to thank the amazing Keith Greenstein. <sighs> the amazing Fred Corey. <sighs> they give us our look and our sound and we're very lucky to have them as part of the team. So thank you guys. I did give out a lot of stickers while I was in oh, Her I'm Majesty's so United Kingdom. That. You know, people kept coming up to me and Claire and to me and Graham and saying, are those film cameras? It was so exciting. Oh, wow. And you know what? That's great. They were all young women. Isn't that great? That's great. All of yep. these young women were film shooters who had just bought their first K-1000 or their first Minolta MG or their first, uh, what was the other one? I think it was an Olympus something or other. And they were right. getting into film photography. And so I passed out some Keith Greenstein design stickers to them. But I love that. Graham and Aid and Claire and Rachel all came away with a lot of stickers. So that's great. Know that you can get those on our website, idreamofcameras.com, or yes, you, can. you can accost Gabe on the streets of Pacific Palisades and demand them. That's right. That's right. If I'm not covering some, some special uh, news. Yeah, the breakout yeah, of war. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Please follow us on Instagram. We are I Dream of Cameras. Go to that website I mentioned. Follow Gabe Sachs on Instagram. He's Gabe Sachs. Follow me on Instagram. I'm S. Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is an embezzler. And <laughs> thank you to the gang of listeners who got yes. us through 37 wonderful episodes. It's so exciting. Thank you for letting me just blab blab during this one, Gabe. I mean, I loved it. I wanted to hear about the trip. We got the details, and I'm sure we'll be talking more in future episodes. All right. So let's hear from you guys. We love hearing from you. And as I said, next week, the mailbag. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, take us out of here. Okay, people, I want you out there. I want you finding film. I want you finding color film and reporting back to us because we need some. That's really what's happening. If you find it in your little part of the world, please let us know. Other than that, go shoot a bunch of film and we will see you next episode.